Hey everyone. So as we all know, this podcast is all about our energy and managing our energy. And in today's episode, I want to focus on reducing the friction in our lives in order to unlock even more energy. And I know that sounds like such a corporate buzzword and admittedly it's kind of where I got it from because um, if you don't already know, um, I'm a remote tech worker in the corporate world and um, energy management, mental and emotional, physical energy is what I am obsessed with and I am years into um, you know, my self-development journey, focusing on energy for health and just for life. So because at work, we've been focusing a lot recently and pretty much always on reducing friction, like what can we do operationally different or what process needs to change in order to just remove the blocks in order for us to be more productive and for things to happen easier and more consistently so we can deliver. And so I took this idea and thought about my own life. And honestly, it was a scene in season three of Ted Lasso that really gave me an aha moment. Just something that Roy Kent said really triggered an aha in me. And it's a scene and it's a little bit of a spoiler, not too much. So you can just la 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 for the next few seconds. <laughs> um, anyway, Roy Kent says when he was 17, he was in the Premier League and he didn't do really well. That was his first year in the Premier League and he was just not doing well at all that year. And what he wished he would have done instead was just effing enjoy it. So what does that have to do with reducing friction in our lives and, you know, freeing up more energy? Well, honestly, for me, what it means is the whole point, or maybe not the whole point, but a big part of life is that we should really enjoy our lives as much as we can. And we really need to have the emotional, mental, and physical health and I guess alignment and mindset to actually be able to enjoy it. And today I want to talk about three areas of my own life where I wish I could go back in time and tell the younger version of me, hey, just reduce a friction in your life, just make this decision and own it and have trust, have faith and just enjoy your life because we can't control everything Nothing is guaranteed. So once we make a decision, we own it, we do the best we can, and we just effing enjoy life. And the three areas I want to focus on is my career, this podcast, and my relationships. And you know what? I'm going to go a little bit out of order of what I just said and start with the podcast because it's sort of the easiest thing to talk about right now. And... So this is the fifth episode of the podcast, and from episodes one to four, I actually really scripted it, and I know that everyone can tell. It was important to me to cover everything I wanted to say, and it was important for me to be really concise 
But in order for me to be so concise, um, I really spent at least one to two hours every time to write something, to write down my ideas, to script it out, to edit and filter and make it as perfect as possible. And it really made for like a really dense um, (laughs) script to read. And it actually made it a little bit harder for me to be creative, being inspired and be consistent because I would always need to block out this long period of time in order for me to get into a flow state because it was important for me to, uh, I guess, be perfect or as perfect as possible because, I don't know, this is just so meaningful to me to be able to talk about my journey and hope that it helps uh, people who are listening or people who read um, my articles and newsletters on my Substack account. I just want to be able to give as much value as possible. So I'm like, okay, in order to provide as much impact and value as possible, I need to be perfect. I need to be concise. And it was fine. But what really happened was it wasn't as fun and enjoyable as I wanted it to be. And if I really think about all the podcast hosts that I like listening to, I couldn't really tell if they were reading off a script, and I don't think that they are. I think they're really just kind of free-flowing, free-forming it, and maybe just have bullet points and just kind of... The vibe is more conversational, it's more authentic. And I feel like a lot of um, truth and genius gets unleashed when we're able to be free-form. And that's what I'm trying today. I actually have a life coach and I had this conversation with her because we have these weekly accountability check-ins and I was being sneaky. My life has been a little bit hectic and busy lately for the past couple of weeks and I didn't check in with her um, about my accountability of what I wanted to do with my podcast and my Substack, which is what I had been doing consistently up until, um, you know, last week. So she did what a good coach does and wanted to know what my update was. And what I had, you know, shared with her is pretty much what I just said to you was, I really want to be consistent. I really want to do this. It's important to me. But man, it just takes so long for me to do anything. And I have a full-time job and my parents are in town uh, visiting um, briefly because I live a few hours flight away in the middle of Canada. I live in Toronto and I just find it hard. And, you know, I have been doing things with my boyfriend and I just haven't had the time to get into a focused couple hour flow state in order to to write and script and then read it out um, as an audio part for my podcast. And she just said, hey, you know what, why don't you do the opposite thing? If you want to unlock and be more free flow and that's what you like doing, why don't you try that? It might be a little bit uncomfortable at first because you're so used to um, trying to make things perfect and I've been doing that for pretty much my entire career just scripting and and that's kind of how I presented and that's how I do webinars that's how I do group presentations in a remote environment I just kind of have two monitors and it looks like I'm looking at the camera but I'm really reading a script trying to sound as natural as possible but right now I have an idea, I feel inspired that I, and I want to talk about these ideas and I am just free flowing it. And I really hope that 
my audience, you who is listening to this right now, enjoys it. Just like how when I listen to other podcasts, I enjoy the more natural flow of it. Now, having said that, circling back to reducing friction and reducing, you know, the energy it takes to create, um, that's why I did it. If I'm enjoying it more and if there is less barrier in order for me to create, I am just effing enjoying it and I now have more energy to do this and to be more consistent and in that way provide the value and impact that I want. Because if I really think about it, perfectionism was such a masochistic thing and I remember reading a book from Brene Brown and it really did talk about perfectionism and there's another book that I haven't read yet that she has that is all about perfectionism and it really is masochistic because you're just never good enough you just never feel good enough everything has to be perfect but it's never perfect enough and it's very stressful it takes just so much mental and emotional energy and there's just not enough space for anything in your life um, to focus on like just the good things like having more time for family and friends and for health and this makes me want to circle back to my first point about my career I would say my in my second professional uh, job in um, the LIDAR industry I had worked um, for this company for about 10 years and for much of that time I just wanted to prove myself so badly and I just needed to be perfect at everything. I needed to know everything. Being wrong just felt painful. And don't get me wrong, it did pay off. I, you know, kept growing in the company. I started off in tech support and from there I became a a team supervisor. From there I became... Um, a team manager and from there I became another higher manager and after that another higher level of manager so you know people saw that I really put in 110% that I really really put in the time to research and to not be wrong and to get back to everyone in a timely manner and support customers and also keep up with being technical and be able to actually do the work and be an individual contributor as well as um, a people manager and also participate in customer support. And it was just a lot. It was so much that um, honestly, there were months where I just didn't even care about seeing my friends or family. That was just not a prioritized thing in my life. And, um, you know, I, I suffered for it. I just remember in my um in my 20s and mid 20s i had a great social life and i did so many things with this core group of friends and family and the more uh, workaholic i became the more perfectionist i became uh the less i initiated events and the less events i participated in and i just kind of dropped off a lot from that and focused too much on my career Um, So much to the point uh, where I actually developed generalized anxiety. 
um, because I just didn't really have any healthy boundaries. Everything was, yes, I will do that. I don't want to let anyone down and I'll do it perfectly. I will get four hours of sleep consistently. I will do all the things so that um, I just keep growing and getting opportunities and have this perception of somebody who never makes mistakes, which is ridiculous. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone should have a good work-life balance. And that's important to me now. It's very, very important. And that's not to say that these days I don't take work seriously. I still very much do. I really, really do. And um, I, in order for me to be a really good and impactful employee in my corporate job, I need to make a good work-life balance because it needs to be sustainable. I want to be um, valuable and impactful and keep growing in a sustainable way, not in a way that makes me crash and um, have to take time off work. And that's just not the way to do things. Needless to say, during that time, I did not really effing enjoy my life that much. I had many great opportunities. I had so many you know, work travel opportunities. And yes, I did enjoy my life and I appreciated everything. I met some of the best friends of my life who I still keep in touch with, um, you know, three companies later um, from that workplace. So it was just such a great time in my life. But honestly, I just wish that I could go back in time and tell myself to just chill that I know and realize that I'm working hard, but I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to put in 400% and lose sleep and lose social life and lose health over it and develop anxiety over it. Having said that, if I didn't go through that, then I probably wouldn't be where I am today in my self-development journey. And I guess sometimes we have to learn things the hard way. And my hope is, if you're listening to this, that you can learn from my mistakes. Because right now, at this point, I'm very happy in my career. I like where I am right now. And I know that there's still a lot that I need to learn and a lot where I can grow in my my current role and just in my career in general. Career mapping doesn't have to be this linear trajectory it can go in different directions and mine certainly has but on average I keep trending upwards in terms of my professional and personal growth because of things that I've learned in life and the support that I've received in my professional career and I really look forward to what my future holds for me career-wise but I know that without having work-life balance and without reducing friction in my life, career growth and personal growth is just stunted. Think of it this way. Think of a plant. If it doesn't have that much energy, then how can it actually grow? In the past, my energy was in competition with other things in my life, such as being trying to be perfect Trying to be perfect took up a lot of my resources, and for a plant, just other plants around it are fighting for the same minerals and water and sunlight for um, photosynthesis. I can't even say the word photosynthesis. There we go. I'm not even going to edit that. 
So anyway, I'm curious where in our lives or where in your life is there energy and resource competition where you could just remove it and remove the friction in your life in order to have more energy to be productive, to create the life of your dreams. Because, you know, that's that's my goal too. I, I have a lot of desires in my life. And I made a list over a year ago of these desires. And the more friction I remove from my life and the more I have trust and faith that everything's going to be okay as long as I am aligned with my values and I live in integrity and I make aligned actions, a lot of my desires have actually came true. And very quickly sometimes, it's pretty crazy. And now I want to talk about the third thing. How removing friction so that we have more emotional and mental and physical energy for our relationships. This was actually a really big one for me. After the end of a very long relationship um, that ended before COVID started, um, I got back into the dating game and this was pretty much at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And so at that time, a lot of things were closed and everyone was scared of everyone. Um, but I just, I didn't give up on love and I wanted to give it a try. And so this was in the first half of 2020. For the first time in my life, I tried um, dating apps because it seemed like um, it was one of the best tools to use at the time. And also at this time, I was in my late 30s. I was in a very long relationship um, from my early 20s up until my mid-30s. And getting back into the dating game in my late 30s was a completely different animal. Because by my late 30s, I am in a different season of my life and with a much clearer picture of what I want um, in my life, in my future, and in my relationship goals. And this is also around the time when I had first discovered that there are actually different ways to approach dating. Now, what I had been doing my entire dating life before this is just the, I guess, typical modern Western um, style of dating where um, this will be very heteronormative and that's um, what I have experience with. So just letting you know ahead of time. Um, so my experience with modern Western dating in a heteronormative um, approach is um, a girl and a boy or a girlfriend and boyfriend. And they are just exclusive to each other almost right away. And that is pretty much assumed and anything otherwise is um, not good. Like if somebody is seeing more than one person, that is um, not good. It's seen as bad and just not perceived right and they're cheaters or players. And like those words were definitely thrown around um, in high school where if you don't just stick with one person, you're just a bad person. So that's how I had dated people my entire life. I would just um, start dating one person and it can go on for a couple months, several months, could go on for a year, a couple years, and you just kind of see how it goes. Um, it could last for a while and then 
um, you realize that you want different things or it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And then you go on to the next person and you iterate, rinse and repeat, which is maybe fine when you're young, like when you're a teenager and in your early 20s. Um, but it seems less fine when you're in your late 30s. And you know that you want to have a family, you want to have children, but at the same time, you want to meet someone who loves you and you love them and you have a connection and you have a commitment to each other and you're also compatible and you want things in the same timeline and all of that doesn't happen right away. So there is that time that we need to get to know somebody and see if all of these things check out. And this is when I learned about um, what is called uh, circular or rotational dating. And my coach, uh, Sharzad Parende, learned this from her coach, Rory Ray. And although at this time I'm actually not using this um, rotational dating approach, I'm currently using the Western modern dating approach, I definitely see um, the benefits of rotational dating. And I totally know and have seen and observed that there's a lot of resistance and um, I guess negative perceptions about this because um, there, there are thoughts that like, you know, women who circular date and see multiple men are just it's kind of a contest and men feel like they're in a contest and they don't they don't like that and it feels like they're on an episode of the bachelorette and it just feels icky to them which is totally fair um if they feel that way because um maybe this approach just doesn't resonate with them but a lot of people do this a lot of people do see more than one person and it definitely doesn't mean that you have sex with everyone and honestly you could have sex with none of them and just date them and get to know them and enjoy each other until you know that you know two people are really great for each other and they want to commit to each other and have the same goals and decide hey you know what I want marriage too I want a family too I want it in the same timeline um and it's a pretty strong commitment after um a certain time period of dating this person along with other people um but given this approach um it is actually more efficient and probably less stressful, less frustrating, and less anxiety-inducing. Because somebody like me, who wants to get married, who wants to have children, and all the things, and soon, because I'm in my early 40s now, doesn't have to really rely on this one person that I chose to help me realize those goals. There's not this time pressure of, is this the right person? And they feel, um, they probably feel the pressure too. And there's no second guessing, no questioning, 
from my end and I can just circling back just effing enjoy the dating experience and just effing enjoy the relationship without um periods of turmoil and arguments over um you know trying to force alignment when perhaps there's different um different preparedness levels let's say um from both people maybe one person is a little bit more ready for something than the other person and that is definitely not to say that the person who is less ready is a bad person they just have their own season in life and their own timeline that feels good for them and so my current approach is um to commit to someone and and kind of work within work with each other as best as you can to align and converge um, your preparedness and level of commitment when you have these strong feelings for each other and you have the same values and you have the same goals to align them as much as possible, which is very different than um, the rotational dating approach. So what I would do if I can go back in time and talk to myself, you know, a few years ago or even a little over a year ago is just to tell myself, hey, you know what? You didn't decide to go with a circular dating approach, which would have alleviated you from the worry of whether or not you're wasting time, um, just being exclusive to one person and seeing how it goes for an unknown period of time when you know you're you're not in your 20s anymore, you're in your late 30s and now early 40s, where is this the right person? And just so many questions and it's just so anxiety inducing. I wish I could just go back in time and just tell myself, hey, you know what? You made this decision as an empowered woman. You knew the options. You made this decision. You're just going to trust that everything's going to be okay and if you really feel like this relationship isn't working out uh, within a reasonable period of time, then you can always exit the relationship and um, go back to rotational dating because I actually did rotational date um, when I first started um, dating, um, getting back into the game with the with the dating apps. Because yeah, like during during this period of exclusivity, there there's definitely moments where I. There was some energetic blockages and friction um, and stress that I induced on myself because of the decisions that I made, uh, because I was worried and I just didn't trust my own decisions. I didn't trust the universe. I didn't have faith. And I don't know if you have read the book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I absolutely love Louise Hay. Um, but this book was just so good and I am just reminding myself that I want to read that again very soon. But there's an appendix at the back where it lists a whole bunch of illnesses and the actual like energetic cause of them. And I looked up anxiety and it says that the anxiety is caused by not feeling that everything's going to be okay. By not having trust and faith in the universe. There was just so much wasted energy worrying and stressing and feeling frustrated that I know there were times when I just couldn't focus. I just couldn't focus um, for work. 
I could have done more um, side gig stuff. I could have spent more time just effing enjoying life, being relaxed. I probably, if I just had um, faith in my own decision, I probably would have just been a better person to date and to be in a relationship with. I know that um, I have been really a bit much and probably needed too much reassurance uh, because of the decision that I made. And I I really made it other people's problems to um, reassure me um, because I had these needs that I was forcing upon um, someone else. So probably if I can go back in time, I would just tell myself to own my decision. Own my decision and enjoy life. Nothing is guaranteed. And just like looping back to uh, not just relationships, also to my career, nothing's guaranteed. Just try our best, know what's important to us, know what our values are, live and act in integrity with our values, do the best that we can, and just enjoy life. And with this knowledge, I'm definitely going to move forward with more, you know, consciousness and mindfulness around the fact that I'm now aware of this. So with my career, in my relationship, with this um, podcast and with my blogging, I want to remove the friction and just really enjoy everything. And I definitely enjoyed recording the audio for this podcast in free form, and I hope you did too. And if you did enjoy this, I really hope that you subscribe, follow, and share this episode and my podcast. I would really, really appreciate it. And I hope to connect with you again in the next one.